The Podski with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. Ooh, yeah! Brother, let me talk to you! Freak out, freak out! I just had an out-of-body experience! The insane in the membrane! Brother, yeah! And I'm here for only one reason, and that's to take it to the limit, yeah! Living on the edge. Who is your daddy? Hello and welcome to the Podski. I am your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, Johnny Bake Show, episode 75. And today we're going to be going over the Survivor Series show over the weekend. Uh, before we get into all that, uh, we got the uh, we got the usual group in here. We got the junk bees. We got uh, Justin Andretti, and who is uh, out on cold, but he might be chiming in here a little bit. And uh, we got Teddy Mongoose. What's going on, boys? I can't. I can hardly talk. I'll, I'll I'll try to jump in a little bit, but it's not not been a fun day. <laughs> Hashtag shout out to my father in law for getting everybody fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, it's, not, it's not COVID. I just have a real bad. My throat's just real bad. Yeah. The perks of uh, joining the families uh, for uh, for the holidays, everyone passes a sickness around. Yeah, I've, and you know, I can I can uh, I can empathize here, not because not because of personal illness, but uh, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving if um, if baby mongoose didn't get uh, terribly ill and um, not like ruin for the family, but I mean ruin like for her uh, the trip back uh, back across the western pa or uh from parts unknown to um you know basically just lay on a couch all day with a fever nothing like an old ear infection sinus infection back-to-back jack um she you know we're, we're on the other end of that though light 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 is being seen at the end of the tunnel appetites back um you know she was up and at him all day today so that's good but yeah yeah that's how it goes this all started i think she was whenever she was two years old was whenever this first started, I um, went to go wake her up to say, hey, let's go to Nana's and um, looked and she was out of her crib, which was insane. Like she climbed the cage, dude. She scaled the cage and got out <laughs> over top. Not different than, the, you know, like Michael's uh, escaping the first hell in the cell. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what's he going to do? Um, so she's out. And so I, as a, you know, a young first time, obviously only time father here, I'm looking around like, where's my my kid uh she's sitting in a corner uh you know with puke all over the place um oh, no. so yeah yeah dude so you know that was the primal instinct don't throw up in my bed right let me just climb out of here and vomit all over the floor um and then uh, it's been a holiday tradition ever since is the, <laughs> is that uh whenever we get to thanksgiving um she's going to be uh out for the count and then we just uh drag her around everywhere like a weekend at bernie's show her to everybody and then just let her let her lay on the couch She's always in a last man standing match. Always, <laughs> always, dude. Always. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if you haven't uh, listened to it yet, make sure you go back and listen to the uh, Hot Shots Wrestling Alliance. We wrapped that up last week on Thanksgiving. Uh, I did lose. JC won, pulled away. He ended up having two five-star matches on uh, his WrestleMania. I ended with two four-and-a-half stars and could not overcome the obstacles. Uh 
Stone Cold Steve Austin almost held me up for $100,000 at WrestleMania, which would have been uh, very apropos for him uh, because he really wanted to tag with Ultimate Warrior, but instead I put the belt on him. So I guess I guess being the uh, tag champions with Ultimate Warrior meant more to him than being the world champion of SmackDown. So, uh, But uh, congratulations to uh, JC. And uh, make sure that you, uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube, you drop a like and subscribe. And if you are listening in podcast platform, uh, wherever you're getting your podcast from, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe helps us out. And, uh, but yeah, so before we jump into the show, I know that we had the other one that we did a preview two weeks ago on Full Gear. So, Mongoose, you want to give your uh, takeaways of what that show was before we get into the show? Absolutely. So what my favorite, uh, my favorite things to watch and, you know, it sort of timed out well with the end of uh, like OG NXT um, sort of, you know, they had that crescendo uh, right around the time of the start of AEW. Uh, and then as AEW pay-per-views became, you know, they figured out their schedule built around what we were looking forward to and everything with the end of the takeover era, you know, being the show that you, the four or five shows you could watch a year where you knew that you were going to see absolute great matches for two and a half hours at a clip. Um, that's been replaced with the AEW pay-per-views. Um, you know, the week to week, you know, it could be frustrating or tough to watch, or it's sometimes downright skippable. Uh, but those shows are always great, man. And this one was no different if we're looking at strictly in the ring, um, the hangman and swerve match. Uh, you know, I saw all sorts of things. And, you know, as I was watching that match and I was going back and forth with Andretti and Bill, uh, beautiful Bobby and a couple of others, that hangman and swerve match was it was beyond words uh, how good the match was for it being what it was, which was this death match, you know, revenge fight and everything. Um, I heard a lot afterwards, uh, like for example, um, uh, I heard like Les Thatcher's buried it. Um, you know, I did hear, uh, Dave Meltzer say, and then I read in the observer, actually, he had some really good points, um, that said like the blood drinking spot was one that was very polarizing and probably not a good idea, which at the time, I was one that was like, dude, th th you know, this is crazy. Oh my gosh, this is insane. Um, reading in the Observer uh, made a lot more sense to me than than Thatcher. And I do, I love to listen to Thatcher because Thatcher to me is, um, he's digestible Cornette to where he shares a lot of the same sentiments that Cornette has in terms of traditional wrestling. But I don't feel like he hates me for liking stuff that I watch, right? Whereas Cornette hates me or makes me feel like he hates me and that I'm a dumbass for liking things that I actually like. Um, and so his, you know, his arguments were things like, okay, like it's, you know, it's just gross. And then what about disease and everything else, which in my head, my counter argument is, dude, you've seen people cut each other from ear to ear for 40 years. And I got news for you, man, like blood, blood's going to get into crevices, whether or not you choose to put it in your mouth or not. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I absolutely understood his take. The Meltzer one, though, was the one that made the most sense. And it was that show was chock full of execs and Hollywood people and, you know, all sorts of those that you want to rub elbows with in a contract year for your TV. 
Um, and even if they weren't turned off, so if they were high-fiving each other when they saw it, coming off of that um, cocaine NWA spot, it's, it's probably not smart, right? Because that was just internet backlash, right? Of people saying like, oh my God, this is disgusting. And NWA power or whatever, they, they lost their entire TV deal, I guess. Um, and so people will, and this is, he wrote this in the Observer and I agree with it. Uh, people will absolutely weaponize this spot against AEW because there are many interests out there. Um, you know, especially, you know, with the uh, the Titan squad that want to see them collapse. Right. And I don't even mean like Internet haters, quote unquote. I mean, there are true business entities that want them to fail. Um, and it's probably in a match that didn't need that spot again, as much as it was. Oh, my God. For a match that didn't need it. Um, man, it really makes me sort of second guess it, you know, happening now. Uh, and I guess, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty there. But the match was incredible, man. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I do uh, agree with the sentiment that uh, Dave also wrote about where he had said that the staple gun spot, which when again, saw that live and I'm screaming in my living room. Um, if this doesn't turn swerve baby face, uh, then that spot doesn't make a lot of sense because that's a total, oh my gosh, cheer this guy. He's a warrior spot. Um, and then getting that win over a guy that's fighting for his family probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I am really excited to see where they go though. Like I genuinely am. I'm hoping that Swerve, you know, gets one of those things where, uh, you know, that was the first, that was the first step. And now we, I don't want to turn tomorrow, right? Like this isn't a thank you fans kind of deal. But if we get week by week that he's getting cheered and cheered and cheered, almost like the um the way that they turned the elite face in New Japan, you know, where they were bad, they were bad. And then they just kept getting cheered. So they were good. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, wrestling on the show, top to down was great. The Tony Storm match was the only one that wasn't any good. Um, that the main event though, man, um, and, and we could talk for hours about this and should be its own separate show. Um, that main event angle was a WWE angle. And the thing about it is that we've talked about the 120, 140,000 AW fans. They're going to buy no matter what um, that show had. Uh, and I don't, I should have pulled it up before we started, but it was something along the lines of 66% thumbs up like 25-ish percent thumbs in the middle and then 10, 15-ish percent thumbs down. And it that show was a thumbs up, man. It was a two thumbs up, but that angle was two thumbs down for it being a pay-per-view angle, right? Because we've seen yeah. it before and you can't say that a crippled guy is going to go out there and defend, is going to fight for the MJF championship. Like it was a really weird show line storyline um, and that was, of course, that's where the most of that th thumbs down sentiment's going to come from. Um, I don't know if I've ever, and I mean this, I don't know if I've ever seen thumbs down on any AEW pay-per-view. Like, I feel like they've only ever been thumbs up, thumbs in the middle. And this was, this was a message. And the message was, you do have your 140,000 people that are always going to buy. Mm -hmm. They ain't WWE fans. No. Because if they were WWE fans... Everybody would have said thumbs up because we've, you know, we all knew that, that uh, MJF was coming back, but I think that the people that knew he was coming back were the ones that thumbs downed it more because they were like, bro, we've seen this before. Same old song and dance. So, but Hey, watch the show. If you have a chance, it's absolutely worth it. But it, it 
best show of the year? No. Worth your time? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I haven't got to watch it yet. I probably will watch it later um, if I get a chance to. But uh, Swerve, the Swerve, the, uh, the, the Swerve match, obviously, the mm-hmm. tag team ladder match, the Bucks and Jericho uh, versus Bucks versus Jericho and Kenny. And then the main event, dude, MJF was incredible in the main event. Um, I wish they didn't pilmanize him, you know, at the beginning of the show. That's what sucked uh, yeah. is that he but he sold that thing like you wouldn't believe. Um, and then he legit dislocated his hip on the elbow drop spot. Um, and then he has a, you know, partially torn labrum or whatever afterwards. So he's a warrior and he sold like a megastar and the crowd was all into it and the match was great. But yeah, so if at the very least, check those out. Yeah. Uh, the the main event today, we're jumping right into the main event. The um, we had Survivor Series over the weekend, and this is the thirty seventh annual Survivor Series. Second time the War Games has been on the main event show with all the with all the main players, and I thought that this show was really good. I know that you have some thoughts about how it ended, but uh. Lee, everything that led up to that, I felt like it was a, a, a really solid way to end the pay-per-view WWE schedule for the year. I thought that they were they they've had really strong pay-per-views pretty much the whole year. But it was like, a great, yeah, it's great year. For PLEs, it was a great year. Uh, the the two the two between SummerSlam and this one were absolutely skippable. Uh, it, or excuse me, but the two between SummerSlam and um, Crown Jewel, yes, the fa- Fast Lane, and what was the other Payback? I think, yeah, yeah, it's, we're skippable, but they've they've had great big shows, man. Yes, the so yeah, this is the last one for the year. The next one, they got two months until Royal Rumble, and we had we only had five matches, uh, but they were mostly taken up by the two War Games matches. We obviously had the women's War Games let off the show, um, and then we had. Uh, a couple singles matches thrown in there, and then we had the big main event was the men's war game. So, um, what were your immediate takeaways from from the show? Watching it, uh, just to go piece by piece quickly. Watching it, I I actually I liked the women's match more than the feedback that I listened to and that I read a little bit of. Um, I, I did. I thought that I thought that the match was very solid. I hated and I always will hate. And they're going to do it every year because they do two on every show where you have the baby faces with the advantage. Like, look, man, just if you're going to do it, then just injure one of the baby faces right away. Mm-hmm. Just throw one of their heads into a cage or, you know, hog tie them or do something like that. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because it, it is frustrating there. But I actually rewatched both of those matches before we did this show because i figured that you know i i wanted to see it with fresh eyes and when i re-watched the women's match knowing how it was going to go with the uh damage control is gonna be you know disadvantage and just let it go right just let go of my my criticisms and critiques of the psychology it was awesome uh the way that the damage control girls, you know, I'll, I'll stop because we'll get into match by match, but I, I liked it. The three matches in the middle, dude, were three TV matches. You know, it was what it was. Um, and then the men's match, 
I, I think that I'm in the minority that like, I thought it was like good. You know what I mean? But like, I've certainly seen better war games matches. Um, I don't know if, to be honest, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's true. Um, when they're in these war games matches, I guess I'm so trained for the big weapon spots and, and things like that, which this match didn't have on the rewatch though. It was a really, really well worked match, man. Like it really was. It wasn't like this like technical masterpiece, but everybody went in there and, you know, they worked their balls off and, um, it was, you know, the build, the big, this big crescendo for uh, Randy's return. The finish was great. And so overall, man, I think that that show was a solid, like, C plus B minus. Probably B minus is what is what I'd grade it. That's, that's what I felt. I felt that it was a solid B show. I didn't think it was... Uh, I didn't think it was as high as what I would grade, like, Backlash. I thought Backlash was probably the best Agreed. one all year. Agreed. But this one felt like it wasn't, it was the middle tier of them all. I don't think it was quite as good as SummerSlam, though, either. Um, but the women's match, we can just jump right into the first, because the women's match was the first match on the show. And that mm -hmm. was uh, damage control. And then the uh, five baby faces, or the four, yeah, the four, five baby faces, four baby faces. Four, four. yeah, women's had four men at five. Yeah. It was, um, Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. And I felt that I liked the match. I liked it a lot. I felt that it was a smidge too long versus like the men's. I thought that theirs was timed perfectly. Um, I because I was the longer I was watching, I was like, okay, like we're like we're 45 minutes into the show here and we're still we're still going. Like, and then I mean the finish came like right after I said that, but it just felt it felt a little bit longer than what I'd like to see like out of the first match i guess i kind of wanted to see something that i mean they they did do that they came out and they gave big spot like really big spots but it just felt it was a smidge too long for me and so my my thing with that is you're right that like it was a very long opener but look man it's a war games match like you you have the five minutes to start and then you have all your three minute intervals and you don't want once everybody's in there and it is frustrating that they say, let the war games begin when everyone's in, because it's like, it's the match beyond, right? Yeah. Like, but uh, whatever. Um, but uh, it is frustrating though, that like, that they don't, you don't want them to just wrap it up, right? Because you've been waiting for these four people or these five people on each team to really get in there with each other. And so, yeah, you're right. And it is the same argument to be said with the Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. like the Royal Rumble is with two rumbles a long show man and i do give whomever formatted this show be it you know triple h or be it you know if there's con influence or even just people that are in there on the committees or whatever for them to look and say okay we did that rumble show and we had a full like seven match card in between two rumbles and we had hardy perform um, that this is a terrible idea, right? Like this was a bad idea. Uh, so I do like the fact that it was just the five matches. Um, what stinks about that though, is we, where's LA Knight? Yeah. Like, I get that there's no Roman, but like, we couldn't have like, who's kind of your biggest star in the company right now that just fought for a championship and got a visual pin over Roman Reigns. Like we couldn't have him in on the show. 
that's that was exactly I was gonna I was gonna bring that up because uh he won the Slim Jim match, but then the new day came in in the Slim Jim machine. So it was like why why would why didn't LA Knight come in, in the Slim Jim car? You literally won the Slim Jim match the yeah. review. So or two pay-per-views ago. So yeah, I agree. I, I had totally was like, why do we not have LA Knight on the show? Like, even if you just bring him out there or put him in a backstage segment, like get him, get him out there. He's the most over guy in the company. But and and really, like they could have, you know, you couldn't you couldn't even have I, I do understand why they I, look, man, I want um uh oh my gosh. Not ultimate. I keep saying want to say ultimate dragon. Help me. Help dragon. me with who Dragon Lee. Thank you. I <laughs> want Dragon Lee on the show too, right? Like I do. But right. like for the sake of your stars, I would have much rather have seen an LA Knight match in that spot against somebody. Um, yeah. But you know, whatever. But to go back to this women's match, man. Uh, the as I started to say before, psychology thing was frustrating. But when I let it go. Those damage control girls, and I mean especially like the way that Kyrie literally skipped to the ring. I'm I'm just screaming. I'm exploding at her entrance. The way that they all stopped and got their weapons was incredible. When Asuka went under and grabbed the um, the kendo sticks and the crowd booed and she threw them in and she gave thumbs down too. And then she grabbed more and then she gave thumbs down again and then went and got that table and they exploded. I thought that was great. Like they, the, the damage control girls did such a great job catering to the crowd it just sucks that they were the bad guys right uh because they were so so over um i thought that uh look and this is this is no you know no disrespect to to shotzi but she's she's very behind everybody that's in that match right for all those super duper stars and insane workers that you have she was a little out of place i'll tell you what dude i felt so bad for her because when Kyrie came into the ring the one time or the first time and she hit her across the face with that um with that trash can lid i thought that she made her head explode and then she caught another one and then all of a sudden there's blood all over the ring and you're like why where'd this blood come from and you know she's so you know bless her heart man um but that tra- the trash can spot with EO was awesome. Um, Charlotte Flair, I feel like has a has I, I, I don't mean like a personal vendetta, but like she is to uh, Charlotte Flair is to Kyrie Sane what um, Sammy Guevara was to Matt Hardy, where like they they are so good and they should be so good together, and one of them just keeps killing the other one, right? <laughs> like like. <laughs> Like, like she came down there on that moonsault, dude, just kicked her square in the head. And then the, her and Becky gave her that double power bomb. And I thought that she was just going to do that thing. You know, like whenever Yosemite Sam um, was was in trouble with the devil and he just like would trip and fall down and just go through all the layers straight to hell. Like, I felt like that was what they were trying to do to Kyrie Sane right there was just literally. Thump, 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 and then she's sitting there in front of, you know, Satan's waiting um, to give her another shot to go back up um but yeah it was it was it was great I, especially in the rewatch man i i really really enjoyed that match yeah and uh becky lynch gets the uh gets the gets the win back to back years to the babyface team so is she going to be the uh undefeated babyface of war games and, and and i do like that that absolutely set up bailey getting the heave ho 
And we actually, both of the War Games matches set up somebody getting the heave-ho, which is really cool, getting into Rumble season before Mania. Because we should have Mania matches out of those two things. Yes, and I love that. Uh, before we get into the next match, we had we had the biggest return, the only return that matters on this show, and R-Truth made his return during the Ruffles ad. So I... They need to put the belt. I I hope that R Truth Superman pins Roman at WrestleMania night two, and we ride off into the sunset with R Truth as our world champion because he deserves it. There's literally nobody better. He is so good, and <laughs> I, the man has not aged in thirty years. It feels like he literally looks the same as what he did in the Attitude Era. You're you're always gonna pop me whenever you have Otis. The visual of Otis sitting there hammering ruffles with pretty deadly coming in and you're in a chips versus uh a chips versus crisps yeah. argument it's gonna get me every time man it is gonna get me every time and then truth is back and uh yeah for it being a promo spot that that was an awesome awesome promo spot that felt like it had bruce written all over it that felt just very, like a bruce spot very well could have uh, and then they did a little bit of a tease backstage saying that Randy still wasn't there. I thought that was a nice little touch for the uh, for the end, making us wait for Randy. Um, and then oh, Johnny, if you if you were if you'd have been live in the chat while that was going on and you could have just seen us mother effing ripping this up and down, because why are these dum dums doing this? Don't they know that these fans are just going to scream for CM Punk? You're all stupid. Yeah, but well, I guess we were stupid, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but like if, yeah, the, it was just like, oh, what is happening here? What are we doing? Blah blah blah. But yeah, I mean, it ended up being that was very smart, man. Like it, it was. And we get into the the big. This is I thought this was the big championship match tonight. I think I felt like this one's bigger than the women's. Um, I don't know. I just felt bigger to me. <laughs> the Miz versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. And, you know, we've given, we we love Miz on here. We're big Miz marks, especially you. But we talked a lot of dirt on Miz, like in the chat, even before the podcast started. And then Miz ended up bringing that Intercontinental title back a few years ago, had a great run with it, should have been wrestler of the year in every single uh, media outlet. They should have gave it to him. Uh, and, you know, he kind of fades away because he does the movies and everything. And now he's going up against, the the giant of uh gunther and i thought that th this this is definitely a tv match but i loved it i it was exactly what it needed to be miz was just believable enough that whenever you're watching it's like okay well he is a former world champion yes he is a geek and he owns the geek gimmick and all that but it still felt like at any point he kind of they were working to that spot at the end with the turnbuckle and once they got there and he, you know, did the kick into the shin, but it wasn't like the low blow, the low blow came with the full kick. And then like the place exploded because they thought that the big false finish is what you think that was going to be. And Gunther ends up just burying him dead right in the center. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I, it's not a it's not a five star match, but it is a, a prototypical intercontinental championship WWE style match. That, dude, it was it was 
what it, what it needed to be. Absolutely. Uh, my only argument with the whole thing is that they all of a sudden tried to make Ms. Ms. grew up loving, you know, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Rick Rude. And yes. dude, he's he's the Mizomaniac, man. Like <laughs> Mike, Mike the Miz is Johnny Utah um from uh you know from 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 FH fame uh that his favorite wrestlers are, and I guarantee you this, dude, the warrior, Hogan, and Jake the Snake Roberts. There's no way that the Miz even knows anybody other than those three before he actually signs on to wrestle. Okay. Like literally you call Utah right now and you're going to say, can I, can you give me your two favorite wrestlers? And he's going to say, without a doubt, it's the ultimate warrior. And then probably, uh, effing, um, I don't know. Uh, probably Jake the Snake or Hulk Hogan. Like that would be it. That's exactly what he would say. All right. Uh, and and shouts to you, Utah. That was a terrible impersonation, but it was as best I could do of trying to trying to make you think. Uh, but anyways, man, that was my only that was my only big issue with the whole thing is that uh, they tried to make it look like that Miz was this like magic ring man, and he's not. Like if he would have if he would have more so leaned into yeah um i am entertainment but look man i got a hot wife and i have a movie career and i have all these things and so this is what it brought me and now now i'm gonna prove to you that i can work and then he still just got his dick kicked in I, <laughs> i'd have been i would i would have liked it even more i felt like it would have been more on brand um yeah. but like, you know, that that's my only complaint with that is that I wish Miz would have been presented more of embracing his entertainment and now I'll prove I can work rather than being like, oh, I've been able to work the whole time when like, you know, kind of, but, you know, you, you literally, you've been, you know, geek of the week ever since, you know, pre-WrestleMania, basically uh, that, that false finish though was absolutely awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Um, and then we should mention that Miz is beaten with the lion tamer because he would have passed Chris Jericho for uh, intercontinental title reigns um, and uh, was, you know, beaten with the Jericho move. So cute little, cute little spot there. I did. I really enjoyed that. I'm glad you brought that up and I'm glad you brought up the stuff because it felt like they mentioned Bret Hart 95 times throughout that match. And I was like, what are we doing? We all know that like the Miz is a Hulkamaniac and all of that stuff. He's he, nothing about Brett, but, no. um, but yeah, so Gunther retains, he is now his reign continues and is 533 days now. So, uh, he's going to catch reigns at some point. I don't think he's going to rule for over a thousand days, but I don't think that there's any, any reason to take that belt off of him at any point in time for the foreseeable future. I, I know, I know that this is Cody's Royal Rumble to win, mm -hmm. but man, that like the, I feel like the only way, the only way that you can take this title off of him is that he needs to win the world belt. And, and it's it, like, I love, I do, I love Cody and I want Cody to win this championship, but I, you can't, they can't have him be the. I see title for three years, you know, like it's it, it, when he loses, it needs to be to somebody. I like, it's gotta be a King making moment. Right. Um, or it needs to be because he's so focused on a world championship now that he sort of like, you know, slips, you know, slips on a banana peel or something. I, I don't know, but 
to me, like this timing would have been so perfect to now have him be, you know, the guy against Roman. There's so many guys against Roman that we've have set up. And that's what sucks about Roman only wrestling four times a year is, is that there's not enough matches for right. you to get those. Do you know what I mean? Not enough matches. And now there's not enough time until WrestleMania. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. we do got the two Saudis, which, you know, is, nobody wants to admit it, but it's true is that, you know, those are WrestleMania one B and one C. Yep. So, you know, that could always be a thing too. Well, that's true too. The, uh, yeah, then we got into the next singles match, which was Dragon Lee and Santos Escobar. And Escobar just recently turned heel, uh, turned on Ray and the LWO. And uh, I, you know, I, <laughs> he's, his mic work leading up to this has been lights out incredible. The fact that he wished an infection on Ray's leg so that it had to be amputated is an absurd thing to say in a promo that I can't believe somebody got away with it and did it in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Get- yeah. And, and within two weeks, we heard somebody say, I am going to kill you. Take my son to your grave so he can piss on your grave every year. And then we had someone say, I hope your surgery goes so bad that you have a terrible infection that makes you lose your leg. <laughs> Which like, we're all hoping that like that Ray was so out of surgery and far from bacteria that like, yeah, Santos didn't speak that into the universe, right? <laughs> yeah, like I just was not expecting any of that. And as soon as it comes out of his mouth, you're just like, whoa, like, damn. Uh, but this was a pretty this was a quick match. It was every I don't think that it uh, went too long. It was only around seven, uh, almost eight minutes. But uh, I think all three of those were like eight minutes. I do. I, I might be I'm wrong, but I think all three of them were eight ish, eight ish, eight ish. Yeah, they were all like real short. Yeah, uh, the the Gunther match was twelve or twelve twenty. Oh, okay, gotcha. They're all well. You know what? Good, good for them. It felt it felt short, and that's a good thing if you're going longer. So yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Santos gets the win here. Uh, Makes total sense. He just turned heel. There's no reason for him to lose right now. Um, And and it's it's, it sucks to give Dragon Lee the L though right off the bat. Correct. Like I do, I do understand why that Santos needed the win, but sort of wish somebody else would have been in there to take the pen. Right. Right. Yeah. That seemed a little like the, the, they won dragon Lee. They they're, they're making a big deal about dragon Lee being this big like prospect and he's going to, you know, join the brand and all that stuff. And, you know, then they just give him the L to start. It kind of, it, it's, it's definitely not as bad as carrying cross getting the L against Jeff Hardy. It's not, it's not near, it's not even remotely close to that, but it just kind of feels like, damn, like, why do we got to do that to somebody right away, right out the gate? Well, and especially to a guy that loses a lot, like right. like Santos has been eating the pins in LWO for a year now. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like that was that's been the whole thing is that he finally finally got himself to a chance or to the ch- uh, spot where he was gonna, you know, possibly win this uh, U.S. championship, and then he's taken out. Like, you know, he was falling short, falling short, falling short. It it, it, it I, he needed a win. I just wish that it it wasn't over Dragon Lee, but. I also don't think that, you know, Dragon Lee's going to be flushed on the toilet either. No. So. Uh, yeah, so it was just a pretty quick match. Uh, it, it was just exactly what it, it just a nice little filler match that, you know, probably could have just been done on TV. But, you know, when they have too many people in these War Games matches, got to pull somebody. But, but this would have been a perfect spot for an LA night match, like we said earlier. 
Uh, and then we get into the final championship match of the night, which was the women's world championship. And that is Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark. And, you know, this match was another match under 10 minutes. Uh, pretty nice to see Stark get the, get the, get the championship match. Um, because, you know, she did that whole thing there with Trish uh, a couple months back. So it was kind of nice to see her back into the fold again. They should, I feel like they should do more with her. Uh, I know that Andretti, uh, he loves Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark's his girl. Um, but, you know, the Rhea's, I mean, there's no there's no reason for Rhea to, to lose a match at this point either. Uh, she's literally, uh, like, like literally the cream of the crop for the women's division. I feel like she's probably... At some, at some point, she's got to have a program with somebody that is kind of a bigger name, right? I, she yeah. hasn't really had many challengers of people that are, you know, like the top of the the top of the division it doesn't seem like no i think yeah, you're right and and that's what i was just gonna say before before you said that andretti like my the next words out of my mouth were gonna be and i'm right speaking the same language as you um i feel like Rhea hasn't faced anybody that's had a chance in like in a long time you know you know like what was the summer was who was who was when was vegas backlash like Vega didn't have Lina, a chance. Lena Vega at Backlash was the was the first one after Mania. Was that is that right? Yeah, yeah. So she didn't have a chance. I mean, they, she got some hope spots, but you knew she wasn't going to win that. Um, who who did she face at SummerSlam? Oh, wait a minute. She didn't have a SummerSlam match. Yeah. So uh, this is it, she's a world beater and she's a mega mega star. She's the biggest women's star in the company. Absolutely. Like she's she is on. Not that'd be wrong to say. She's almost at Becky Lynch, the man level, just in terms of like clout and overness. Um, and it's it is it is a weird weird reign in that sense because she's facing she's having a title reign similar to like Yokozuna in 1993, where anybody that fought him, like except for your major, major guys, like your Lex Luger, um, you know, and then the build to uh, Undertaker, Bret Hart, like all those matches that I just said, one was SummerSlam, one was Royal Rumble, one was WrestleMania. Everybody in between, there's no shot. And that's what that sort of feels like. But there hasn't been this big, you know, super challenger yet. No, so I have all of her matches here. She's had eight title defenses so far. So she won the championship against Charlotte at WrestleMania. She faced Zelina Vega at Backlash. She then, at Night of Champions, faced Natalia. Then again on Raw, uh, she faced Natalia. Then at Payback, she faced Raquel Rodriguez. Then another championship match following on Raw uh, was Raquel Rodriguez. And then... She won the Fatal Five Way at Crown Jewel, and then now this match in Survivor Series with uh, Zoe Stark. So I, for, I forgot about Crown Jewel, but yeah, what a what a shoulder shrug of a reign so far. Yeah, not a lot. Like of, for somebody that's awesome, right? Right. We think of Rhea Ripley as like the the big star of the women's division, who is like a part of like one of the the biggest factions in the company, and she has this incredible character work with Dom, and she's got very very lackluster championship matches. And it's like really, huh. it's really disappointing. Who, I guess maybe, I saw an interesting thing on Twitter the other week that somebody like Chelsea Green should win Money in the Bank this like this coming year, and that could be somebody interesting 
because she's getting a lot of traction and i feel like chelsea green like maybe she is a little bit of that karen gimmick oh did she's such a geek though john like her whole thing was she didn't win a tv match for like four and a half years but i mean like they got they still got time and if she's getting a lot of if she's getting a lot of traction backstage with people backstage and she might a lot can happen between now and then but i like you think dude you have if you have chelsea green's gonna win that and then cash that in and be your champion and then you have Kyrie Sane now, and you have Asuka, and you have Io Sky, and you have Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and like Bianca Belair. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, that's I, I, I do. It, it would be, it would be cool, but also I feel like that would be, it would be. I feel like the, that kind of cash in would be, you know, like your, your Mizish one that yeah. people don't want versus, you know, somebody like, like a Stark or somebody that, that might be, you know, ready to go to the next level. I don't know. That's, and, and it's only, it's only because of how she's been booked, man. Like she's just been, she's just been the person that can't win a match ever. Yeah, I guess that's true too. I guess it just feels like SmackDown is so overloaded with the women's roster that there's nobody left on Raw for her to face. Like they're going to some type you of think up. you think you think that the match that they would need for Ripley is Becky Lynch, right? Yes. Like that's the mania match. Yes. And it should be Becky or Rhea beats Ripley or Rhea beats Becky. Yeah, no, you're right. Like yeah. like to to really really sort because then it would have been back-to-back manias where Rhea beats Charlotte and then Becky. Like that's how you next level it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that but then for for that other one like I, I think that this EO thing is great and I love EO as the champion, but she's she's certainly not going to be one that holds it forever. Um, I hate to say it, but you know it's gonna, that belt's gonna go back to Charlotte soon too. Like without without a doubt. Yeah, that's the only thing that really sucks about Charlotte. She's the she's the quintessential, like I need to have a title to be relevant in this company. Whenever she doesn't have a title, she's very she there's really nothing for her there because she's just another just another girl on the roster like she's just another wrestler but whenever she has the title now she feels all she she definitely feels more special but she, whenever she doesn't have it she feels like just another person on the roster um but yeah then uh hey, real, real quick let me throw this in um that's why she's not as good as becky lynch because Charlotte doesn't make everybody around her better when she has the belt. Yeah. Becky Lynch has done that every time she gets in a ring with somebody. That's a hundred percent correct. And I, I think Charlotte is one of the best athletes they have on that whole roster, um, men or women. She always has been. She's fantastic. She's got a great look. She's super talented, but she's not making people better in a ring. And that's where the difference comes between her and Lynch, and it's so funny that Lynch is called the man, and it's the, the Ric Flair thing, and it's Flair's daughter is yeah. the one who's not Ric Flair. That's so true. Yeah, I know that. I know that they fought hard and long, like Rick fought long and hard for that, and for it to not go to Charlotte, and that it's all on Becky. Yeah, um, I, I, I think. I, I, Becky Lynch is the is the best women's wrestler ever. 
I, I really believe that. And, and I, it's because of what I just said about every time she's in a ring with somebody, that person walks away elevated. And you can't say that about anybody else. Do, do you think that somebody like Mercedes, based off of what happened at the end of the show, do you think somebody like Mercedes is going to look at this and say, like, maybe I want to go back to, and that could be a credible opponent for uh, Rhea? If it's not, uh, it's just it just depends on what they do with it because at, at some point here, uh, one of you guys said about Bailey um, is going to get kicked out of that group, and she should. So we're going to probably get the the four horsewomen from NXT together at some point, and I, it, you know, it just it depends on what Monet is looking for, you know, and to, dates and money and whether she wants to be around those people that she's been friends with for a long time. You know, it, it's it's a big a big Things if I had to place a bet, I would say she's going back to the WWE. That well, they want her. They they haven't said three of the four horsewomen again and again for nothing. But here, here's um, the thing too, uh, Mongoose is like you know we talk all the time about um um about you even Julia you know and and she's she's kind of going to be in play here in a couple months um, when the stardom deal is up I think in in February. Julia shouldn't go to the WWE. She's she's not she's not a WWE talent, and Mercedes Monet is. Julia should stay where she is, or she should go to AEW because that they're gonna let her do what she wants to do, and she works a different style of match than what people in WWE are gonna be okay with. It's the same kind of deal uh, with her as it as it is with with a guy like with uh, Roosh, where it's you're not gonna get the Roosh that you're gonna want to see. It's the same way it is with Julia. Julia is not a good fit at WWE. Yeah. I, I do need to say, uh, and I'm really, really glad that you put over Becky like that there, Andretti. Um, I, so I read the Hall of Fame, uh, the Hall of Fame issue of The Observer, and it was said there. And then I heard on at least two different shows afterwards um, that Meltzer said that perhaps the biggest omission that you know, not the young bucks, not Roman Reigns, you know, not is Becky Lynch. Uh, because Becky Lynch, what Becky Lynch has done for modern women's wrestling and how over she was, and the fact that she legitimately needed not like this wasn't like one of those like token, hey, let's let's give one to the women. Like she was the most over person in the company to main event of WrestleMania. Um, and she dude, she only got like it's like it was this ridiculously low amounts, like 12 or 20 percent of the votes, something like that. I, I don't understand that, but I, I will say this too. When you think about if we if we sat here right now and tried to list the top 10 women's talents ever. Top ten women's wrestlers of all time. I bet you six or seven of them are still working right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Let's just hit the top of that list. So it's. I think it's just gonna. It's gonna take a little bit more time for people to just come around to it. Because I mean, look, we we have friends who watch wrestling that still aren't aren't there with the women yet. They still aren't there with the women, you know. But I, there's such an emphasis right now on in, in WWE and in NXT that we're we're getting there. We're getting to the point where. People were starting to come around that, that might not have liked, uh, you know, the divas era and stuff like that, and just see the women is just is just killing time. We're we're coming out of that, but it's going to take a little bit of time for everybody to come around to that. And I do one more thing before we get off of this. I I'm glad you brought Julia up. Here's what needs to happen, man. And I I, I well will it? I don't know. You know, we'll see. Um, but 
if AEW wants to salvage the division, which they have some really good people right now, but the division as a whole is terrible and it's not been good for a long time, then they need to, because Bushi Road is, uh, is with stardom and with New Japan, they need to buddy up to Bushi Road and get some of these stardom girls over here mm-hmm. and get them exposure here. And actually, because they have a fan base that is thirsty for for matches, man, and not just matches, but like I'm gonna kill you to death with my strikes. Well, and, I think some know, of those women translate better to the AEW crowd than what they would to the WWE crowd. Correct, correct, and and you know one person that could really potentially help broker that could be Mercedes because she wanted to work with those women for a reason, man. I, and for the most part, probably just to prove that she could, you know, they, they gave her a ton of money for not a lot of dates. I do understand that. Um, but you know, she would be a wonderful bridge for her to come in. And if you say, Hey, I was supposed to have this match with Julia and I never had it. Let's, you know, like, could we do that at a revolution type show? You know, something like that. If, if AEW could get her only for that reason, it would make all the sense in the world. Aside from that, I, I, as much as I would love to see her in AEW, just, just to see her work with a different group of people, she belongs in the WWE. If it's just going to be her versus, you know, Julia Hart and Britt Baker, right? So, like, that's it'll be really, really interesting to see where that goes. I don't think the WWE is going to let her go to AEW. I think they're going to throw a lot of money at her, and they're going to they're not going to lose her. Yeah, they're throwing money for sure. Uh, But yeah, and then in the uh, main event, we had the the men's war games, and that was uh, Judgment Day versus uh, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, uh, Randy Orton, Sami Zayn, and Jay Uso, and. I, I thought that, you know, we yeah. kind of already touched base on this. I thought this one was uh, perfectly timed out and it didn't do anything overly special other than it really highlighted Randy uh, for the fact that he wasn't there at the start of the match. And then they did like the whole tease, like, well, is he coming? Is he coming? And then he finally comes out as um, Priest is going to cash in and stops it with the uh, with his entrance. And I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really good war games. Definitely not the best war games that I've ever seen. Uh, but I thought that it was really interesting that once Randy got in there, they just let him run roughshod over all of every the the all of Judgment Day, and it was really centered around the fact that we're going to give Randy all the shine, but then we're going to let Cody take the pin or get the pin at the end. Um, so Cody's first. Uh, soiree into the uh the match beyond and uh he gets the he gets the win in the match that is his dad created yeah and so on first viewing um i i was i was not happy with this match and again i think that what happened was the match itself wasn't anything over the top and then i just thought the show was going to be over and then (laughs) the way the show ended I was just, I was, I was, in, I literally was in a bad mood. <laughs> like, and, and so then, you know, so I'm, I'm in the chat and I was saying that this was, you know, the raw, like this was a raw level war games match and everything. I rewatched it and it wasn't okay. It was, it was lo- a lot better than I had initially thought that it was again, though, to get back to it. Uh, what I had said before, 
I, I, this is just a product of having seen, you know, those NXT war games, you know, the ones with the undisputed era and all that. And then you had, um, you know, even the one last year with the bloodline versus the baby faces, like. I saw I, that undisputed era. I saw live. I oh, saw are you that serious? Live. Yeah. Man, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was the first one, right? That was, was that the first AEW or uh, NXT war games? I, I believe war, war Raiders were in there, right? Yes. Didn't we watch that one at your house? Yeah. And that's why I think that it was the first one is yeah, because, maybe. yeah, because that was before, before uh, everybody was all housed and familyed up and everything else. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, so we've seen some great ones, man. And then, you know, even the, even the, um, oh my gosh, what was the, the one where KO came back to NXT um, and then, oh, you know what I'm talking about? This may have been like three years ago, something four years ago, where he was the the last man. He was the mystery man. That was excellent too. Um, it might have been the war games where it finished with uh Tommaso Ciampa doing the um oh. uh that that exploder off of the that fairy tale ending or whatever, yes. off of the uh top of the cage or whatever. It was, it was just a ridiculous spot. Um, so I'm used to I'm used to these big, 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 you know, again, spot. I don't want to say spot fest, but they are, you know, you have your major spots, your weapon spots and everything else. This match didn't have all of those, but it was worked really well, dude. Psychology was great. When every time that it was time for the baby face to come out, they were in peril and then their guy ran wild and then it evened out. And then all of a sudden the heels were on the advantage. Like It, it was perfect in that way. When Cody got that bull rope um, and they did that, um, that nut shot spot yeah. with Finn Balor, I popped to the moon, man. I thought that that was great. And that was a nice little homage to the Papa. Um, the fact that Sami Zayn was the one that came out to get the table was great. Um, you know, all those little things were good. And then Randy's return, how are we this far into talking about this match and not saying how flipping huge Randy Orton is? Oh my gosh, so big. Best physique probably ever in the game. He I uh, we were talking live and I said it and it's and it's true. Um, you know, looks watching it again. And then I heard one of the one of the observer guys say over the weekend, he's as big as Drew McIntyre, bigger than Drew McIntyre. And this is a guy that was <laughs> never bigger than Drew McIntyre. No. I tell you, that ain't the first form. That's got to be something else. Say it, Andretti. What you got? Yeah, he's not subject to the wellness policy. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> he looks freaking awesome. I hope that uh, I hope that guy becomes universal champ. And look, you know, I'm, I'm really pulling for that guy. I know people were kind of saying whether or not is he ever going to get into the Observer Hall of Fame. I mean, dude – People love him, man, and people are really pulling for him. and And I think, I think he's going to get in. I, I, I really do hope that Orton gets in, man. And I hope that this is a, I hope that this is a really good run for him. He, he's had it this year, and perhaps more than he has the most votes from, um, of current the current guy crop. He has the most votes of retired wrestlers. Wow. Yes, yes. I believe so he, that. I yeah, believe he, that. he's the darling of the retired wrestler. Huh. Well, I I I really like I'm glad that Randy's back. He's been sorely missed 18 months. Um, so he should be setting up for a big feud here. 
Uh, glad that we're going to get that heading into Royal Rumble, and then I'm sure we'll get the match in Royal Rumble that'll set up for WrestleMania. Uh, but all in all, I thought that uh, it was a really good Survivor Series and a good War Games. And then I know that you don't want to talk about this, and so we don't have to take long on this because we we talked a lot about uh, we've talked a lot about CM Punk on the show, but CM, I mean he. He did it. He came back. It hell froze over. Legitimately, hell is frozen over. That's why they always say never say never in the wrestling business. And you know, everybody's come back. Ultimate Warriors come back. Bret Hart's come back. Macho Man in uh limited capacity came back, but he was already yeah, think about think about this one too. Like all the bad blood between uh Vince and San Martino when Triple H is the one that brokered San Martino coming back. Right. All of that stuff. And that's exactly why they always say never say never. And we'll see you down the road. And if business can be done, business will be had. Hey, if we're if we're starting over and everybody's on a new playing field, then 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 I hope it works out. I really do. I hope I hope that they can make money and and everybody can get along and he can go into the Hall of Fame and have a couple more matches that are really good and he can be an adult. And but you look for patterns, right? And you just look for, you know, what's the, I say this all the time, you know, you guys have heard me say it before, what's the, what's the best predictor of, of future behavior? It's past behavior, right? Yeah. So we're going to find out, we'll find out. And if, if it blows up, if it blows up at Triple H's face and Nick Khan's face, then they deserve it. They deserve to have it happen. But I'm hoping that, that, that Phil Brooks as, as a human being is going to act like a, act like an adult enjoy this and have fun and, and then ride off into the sunset and, and put all this bad stuff behind them and, and finally be the, be the, the adult that everybody wants him to be. Yeah. And I'll let, I'll let mongoose put the nail in the coffin on it. Cause I know that you're heated, but I thought that, uh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, based off of what he did on raw last night, I feel like, you know, he did. He came out there and did the old "Oh, I'm home" and did like that whole, that whole WWE style uh, return promo. And I think that that is, I mean, he he specifically went to WWE and he had and he had to agree to Vince and Triple H and Nick Khan's demands. So they mean business, and I feel like it's it, there's not gonna you're not gonna work around this style and I, and, and I don't want to, we don't have to get into all of the stuff with Tony and everything, but uh, I, I feel like this will be different and it will be done right. And I feel that, you know, they're going to get off to the hot start. It sounds like they're going to start with Seth, which makes a lot of sense. And um, let's, I'm going to just, then I'm going to double back on what Andretti said that just let's, let's ride off into the sunset. Let's get good matches and let's end on a high note this time. I mean, I, I know, I know where I would place a bet. I hate to say it, but I know where I would place my bet on how 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 it all plays out. But I I hope that everybody there can understand that, you know, for better or worse, people really like him and people still cheer for him. And I hope that for the for the fans and and for his own legacy as a, as an extremely talented performer, that he can get his his head out of his own ass. And, and do this, do the right thing here and, and just have a, have a really good run here of a couple of years and then get into the hall of fame, get on commentary, be a producer, do something and set your, set your family up, man. That's what the most important thing is. And just get your, get your kids set up and your wife and everything and, and, and just have, have fun with this and, and enjoy it and not, 
just just don't don't be your don't be yourself, man. You got to you got an opportunity to be who you've been. And I think that's a really important thing uh, for him to understand the opportunity that he really does have here. Because they've they've gifted him something that he probably doesn't deserve. And you just hope that when somebody gets something like that, that they're going to be able to, um, to 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 really take advantage of it. But you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Take it away, Mongu. Yeah, I was. So I I've, I'm a couple of days later. You know, if if we recorded Sunday morning, um, I wouldn't have been okay. All right. And I've had I've had a lot of time to breathe, to lengthen my spine, to realize that, listen, man, you know, we're, we're all in this together. And that if if I'm just going to spit bile, then I'm either a the worst kind of fan or B, um, you know, I'm the I'm the person that uh, that I would probably always complain about not giving people a shot and whatever else. And I mean, just in general life. Right. Like that. Everybody deserves a second crack. Now, this is not his second crack. This is his third or fourth or whatever. But um, here's the here's the thing about it that that frustrates me. And I will just put this out there to to begin. I do. I hope that this works because. If it works, then it's going to be great. And who hates great things, right? Especially in a, in a in a niche sport like pro wrestling, where you know you have all of this, you have all of these dream, you know, these dream matches and things like that. That you know we've always thought we would never see Punk and Roman, and we'd never see Punk and Cody or Punk and Seth or whatever, Punk and Drew. Like these are all things that can happen. But what's going to frustrate me the most in retrospect is. If he does go there and plays nice and gets along and everything's great, I I do have a serious problem with, and it, this still goes back to the scrum, man. And here's my problem with the scrum, okay? People will say that it's because AEW was a, you know, just a, a B-rate company that's run by, you know, some, uh, you know, rich boy that, you know, daddy's money, everything else. And the reality of it is that scrum happened um, whenever that company was three years old. And so you had a guy that came in there that was literally king shit and was gifted everything that he wanted and was put in a position to be the face of a new company that was going to rival the biggest company in the history of the sport. And what he did was he treated he treated the company and specifically his boss the way that some like big wig you know king shit senior football player might treat a first second third year teacher in a classroom right like i don't need to listen to you like i like I, i'm the i'm the cool one and i'm the popular one and i know what's going on but then when that same, you know, senior, you know, your cocky football player then goes in to the head coach's office and he's going to tuck his tail between his legs and listen. That makes me think less of that senior football player. Do you right. know what I mean? It, yep. it really does. I'm so, that, I'm so glad you said that because that is a perfect way to look. And you're um, a thousand percent right that that is exactly what this is. Yeah. Thank you. Is is because like that's so that's not an indictment on Tony, because here's the reality, man. If he keeps this company for 10, 15 years, he's going to be 
a hell of a promoter in 10, 15 years. He will only because of you, you take lumps, you live and you learn. And I think the classroom is a really, really good analogy for that because you don't, you're not any good when you start. Mm-hmm. You're not. And you need people, you need to deal with tough people and you need to be in tough situations and you need to learn how to act and react to different people that are in your classroom. You need to understand where people have come from. You need to have an idea of where people can go. All these different things, man, and that only comes with experience. It's very unfair for us to take somebody that's literally a contemporary of ours. Tony's our age, dude. And for, so for him to be in there for as a first time promoter, to have somebody that he thought was literally going to take him to the next level, pull his pants down and take a poop right in front of him, in front of everybody to see is wrong, man. It's rotten and it's wrong. And so I do for the sake of, look, we're going to Mania, Mania 40, man. This is going to be great. And I hope that we see you know, CM Punk versus any of these big, big, big time stars. And that we have a great time. We see great matches. I hope we see it all. But that's always going to stick with me, man. Yeah. And if it goes if it goes sideways, it goes sideways. And then Andretti was right. But that's gonna that's the thing that's gonna stick with me. And 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 it's it put a black mark on this company that has not left yet. And it's very unfair, not to just to Tony, but to everybody that works in that company, man. It's it's so, very unfair to to 150 people. My my wife and I went to um Disneyland on Sunday and we were there and we were in line um at for Pirates of the uh, the Caribbean and um you know I, I was thinking about the stuff from the night before you know Survivor Series and I kept thinking over and over again about the fact that he had to be talked into going to the ring at Wembley by Samoa Joe and I mean dude you've got hundreds of thousands of people around the world cheer for you every time you come out to the ring you know, they don't even know you. They just cheer for you and they've been behind you for 12 years, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that he couldn't even he couldn't even do it for the fans and he had to be talked into doing that um, just makes me sad about the whole thing, you know? And it it's that's not good, man. That's not good. That you would think that a lot of those guys that have problems, they still go to the ring and they still perform, you know, they still, they still do their thing, but for to be him to threaten to not, to not wrestle and to have to be talked into going um, in that big of a, that big of a crowd um, is, is really unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It sucks. Uh, but hopefully there'll be uh, some greener pastures here. You got one more thing, Mongoose? I do, and I, I do want to say this too, is that having said everything that I just did, that this can have a happy ending because my favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels, dude. Yeah. And guess who I probably would not have liked if I was a you know 25 plus year old smart reading the observer in 1997 it's probably Shawn michaels right and he's one of my favorite of all time and he had all of his issues and dude he got booted from um his his first you know comeback because he was so so riddled with you know all of the addiction and everything else and then all he did was write his ship man and he came back and aside from the, the greatest SummerSlam match ever which was the hulk hogan match Oh, um, nitro, nitro girls will do that to you. Right, right, right. But you know, as, as aside from aside from that, 
there was he was never called unprofessional. He always was, you know, talked about in the best way. And then what did he end up doing? Um, being heavily involved in NXT and being inspiration for people like Gargano and Adam Cole and working with these people and making them super duper stars. And now he's an inc he's incredible at his job, man. He's literally in there, he, you know, shepherding the next herd. He's booking great. His storylines, although sometimes hokey, are all wonderful. He's doing a great job. And that's the, that's the rest of his life, man. It could have just ended at, oh, here's a pill head that can't get it together and is so egocentric that he's the nightmare. I do hope that this is the other way now obviously cm punk has none of the substance issues but there is this unprofessional thing you know that that's there and there is light at the end of the tunnel man and so i that's that's where his, i hope that this ends up his yeah. ego is his pills is what it is yeah so i hope that i hope that, that that's like a perfect way to end it that's what we all hope we hope that he gets the the, the sean michaels story arc uh and uh that in this what, what a story what a story if that guy if that guy comes back and has an unbelievable run and gets along and becomes uh, a mentor for people and helps people in NXT I mean dude what a story yeah that's exactly what that's exactly what you want so uh but yeah that's uh that's the survivor series wrap and uh hopefully you all enjoyed the show let us know what you thought of the show uh in the comments or uh hit us up on Twitter at the underscore Podsky. you can hit up uh, Andretti at Cambria County Corner uh, and uh, make sure you I leave. Changed I changed it. It's uh, oh, Toast oh, of the yeah. Coast AD. It's, Coast? it's the new show. <laughs> yeah, hit, hit Andretti up at uh, Toast of the Coast AD. Uh, and uh, yeah, with that, we will see you next time on The Podski.